athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, John Kerry, and Alyssa Altobelli, Christine Mauser, Ara Zabayan, Sarah and Peyton Chester were all the victims of that helicopter crash on Sunday when we heard the news that Kobe Bryant was killed in the helicopter crash. But it was Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and the others that I mentioned that passed away in that helicopter crash on Sunday. Welcome to another edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Obviously, that is the big news, not only of this week, but of 2020. Uh, and I, you know, I, I was, my, my daughter had a, um, uh, they generally have, they're preparing for softball. She plays travel softball, so they sort of prepare on Sundays. They do a little bit of, of hitting and do some some hitting and so forth. So we were um, at one of the coaches' houses. Uh, we were doing that, and my wife calls me, and maybe about seven seven or eight minutes up the road, my son works a job. So I was, you know, taking her. I was prepared to go pick him up, come back, pick her up, and then we would go home and you know eat dinner and get ready. For Monday, so she, when I saw her number come up, I'm thinking, okay, maybe my son called her and was ready to be picked up. He was off of work, so I answered the phone, and she said to me that Kobe Bryant died, and that he died in a helicopter crash. And you know, I had to like, I had to really think about what she was saying. As a matter of fact, I. Uh, she must have just seen it on CNN and um, and and some other reports, I guess, came into CNN that confirmed that that, in fact, was the case. This must have been around, I don't know, maybe two thirty, two forty five Eastern time, something like that on Sunday. And um, so I got off the phone with her and I uh, started looking at, you know, some of look, started looking on Twitter, looked at, uh, you know, CNN and. Uh, you know, some other organizations, AP, um, et cetera, just to trying to see if that was true. And, you know, from what I saw, it was and I, I couldn't, you know, and, and initially it was Kobe Bryant. Uh, that was the initial uh, information that I had gotten and that I had seen on uh, social media initially. Uh, and then, of course, come to find out that uh, his daughter as well, Gianna Bryant, was with him. And also was killed uh, in that plane crash. And then over the course of 
uh, of the next hours and days and so forth, we found out John Kerry, John Kerry and Alyssa Altobelli. John Altobelli was the head coach at the uh, at the Orange uh, County College. And I had 700 wins. Had done it. Sent a lot of uh, you know players to Major League Baseball. I coached some of them in a in a uh, in a summer league out that way. We found out about Christine Mauser and Ara Zabanyan and uh, and also Sarah and Peyton Chester. And it's just uh, just so tragic. I mean, you talk about all of those. I mean, still a lot of them really young. You had a lot of you had teenage you know you had teenagers. Um, that were on that plane. I mean, initially, my thought was, wow, uh, Kobe Bryant, 41 years old. I mean, seemed to really be in, enjoying life, life. And the my initial thought was, man, he just, you know, LeBron James the night before was just talking about him and the fact of how much praise LeBron gave to Kobe, uh, somebody he definitely looked up to, a guy that. Uh, had a lot of success out of high school straight to the league and had just passed him for third all time in terms of points scored in NBA history. And wow, I mean, I just couldn't believe it uh, that this had happened. And so uh, on today's uh, from the press box to press row reflections uh, on uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, and, and and this is the thing. Once I found out, I mean, obviously there were other victims and I found out that it was his daughter Gianna and, and Gianna Bryant and the one that he had we had seen more recently in photos and videos at basketball games and really talking with her uh, about the game come to find out she had aspirations to play um, was playing some AAU ball had aspirations possibly to play at the University of Connecticut who did a nice tribute to her um, uh, I believe on Tuesday Monday it may have been Monday uh, that they did the tribute during their basketball game, the uh, the Huskies. And I, I say, wow, I just said, wow, you know, I have, uh, as I mentioned, a daughter. I have three sons as well. It just makes you it just shows you, you know, it, it just really shows you that at any time, anyone can go away from this earth. And, and, and you know, that that was sort of my initial thought. I mean, it just it. You know, you think about life and, uh, you know, I think about my family, my children, my wife, you know, as many times as I've been in, you know, I, I've been on as many times as Kobe Bryant, because I mean, one of my other thoughts was, wow, I mean, Kobe Bryant, that's what that was his ritual. Like he would go to practice in a helicopter uh, to beat L.A. traffic. You know, that was my initial like he's done this all the time. And that was sort of my initial thought. And I I think of all the times that I've had to travel. I mean, I've traveled many, many a time, never by helicopter, but by plane. And at any given time, you could not be on the face of this earth. And it's you know, that's why it's very important. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I believe in God and, um, you know, I, I, I am saved. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just important, uh, that you make sure that you're right with God because you are not promised tomorrow. It just shows you. I mean, it just shows we, we were taught. I mean, here, LeBron James the night before was talking about Kobe Bryant glowingly. And the next day, Kobe Bryant is killed along with his daughter and seven others killed in a helicopter crash. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, I was in pretty much a funk 
um, pretty much the rest of the day, but even more specifically on Monday, because, you know, Sunday it happened, like I said, or got the news around 2.30. You're sort of processing uh, that information. And then on Monday, uh, you know, I'm, I, I turn on all the all the talk shows, not just sports radio, but, you know, different morning shows. And that's all the talk was about. And it was just, I mean, wow, still really, even though it's almost been a week, still trying to process that. And so we're going to talk um, a lot today about Kobe Bryant here on the program. As a matter of fact, a couple of guests are going to are going to join us who uh, who have had um, at one time or another uh, known Kobe Bryant had a relationship, uh, some kind of relationship with Kobe Bryant. Uh, Ronald Flip Murray played eight seasons in the NBA uh, for a number of different teams, the Bucks, uh, the then Supersonics, uh, the Pistons, uh, the Cavaliers, the, the then Bobcats. He's played with a number of different teams, has gone up, uh, went up against Kobe Bryant quite a few times. And as a matter of fact, they both grew up uh, in in Philadelphia. Uh Ronald Flip Murray going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, uh, Flip played his college ball at Shaw. Uh, also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, covered uh, is still covers the NBA, but covers the had covered has covered the NBA for so many years. Wow, I mean, uh, you know, he's going to join us today with reflections also on Kobe Bryant today on the program nothing uh today but hbcu love uh for kobe bryant here on the program i mentioned flip uh at shaw and then of course mike wallace a graduate uh, of grambling state uh maybe you want to share a memorable moment uh that you either had with kobe bryant that you remember about kobe bryant that you saw uh with kobe bryant please hit us up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Thank you to all of the great, great affiliates around the country uh, that carry from the press box to press row, those that listen to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142, and those that listen to us around the world at boxtorow.com. You know, I, I, never had, uh, I never had a chance to talk with Kobe never had a chance to talk with Kobe. Uh, actually, covered him in four All State. I mean, you talk about one of the greatest players to ever play the game. I mean, you know, and I remember, you know, as he was retiring, going back to the 2015-2016 season. I mean, he definitely at that time was in my top five players um, of all time. And I know you, we have these lists, and it's hard to compare eras and all that kind of stuff. But you look at Kobe Bryant's game. I mean, his game was phenomenal, okay? Um, had a chance to cover him in four NBA All-Star weekends. Um, also, two NBA Finals um, as well. And, you know, I, 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 again, never had the opportunity to talk with him. Um, had looked more recently for the opportunity uh, to talk with him, especially after he won um, the Academy Award. Um you know, we, we had put out uh, interview requests and had had some conversation, at least uh, with uh, his publicist. We hadn't weren't granted the interview, but I felt like, you know, maybe one at one time we would be. And it's interesting because being around Kobe at those uh, NBA All-Star weekends and at those NBA finals, like, you know, he was a guy that would 
would talk with you. You ask him a question, you know, he's going to answer the question. He, um, you know, he was very genuine in that respect. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I can remember the uh, the 2009 NBA Finals game four. It was in Orlando. The Lakers were taking on uh, Orlando and you have access to the locker rooms prior to the game. So you have access to the locker rooms prior to the game. Media has access. And so I was in the locker room and I um, I can remember, I think I had already spoken with Shannon Brown um, at, at that time. I had already spoken, I think, with Shannon Brown. And so um, Kobe was sitting all by himself, like he was at his locker, sitting all by himself. And I saw that and I, 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 I went over towards him. I didn't go right up on him to talk with him because like when I say no one else around, there was no one else around. So to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm younger at that time. I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm not, you know, as, as confident at that time, maybe as I've grown to be. And so I just filmed him. I just sat there and filmed him. He was in like deep thought and I just sat there and filmed him. I mean, I wasn't too close, but close enough, probably that he knew he was being filmed. Um, And, you know, just he just seemed in such like meditation, like really deep thought in the preparation for his for that game. And that's something that really always stuck with me. I wish I mean, I, I think I knew better than to ask him a question at that at that particular time. But, you know, I wish maybe I had. But again, you know, you live and learn. And um, I, I tell you what, it's just, um, you know, you talk about a, a, a great player, um, consummate professional, still had his whole life ahead of him. It's still hard to believe. More thoughts about Kobe Bryant uh, as from the press box to press row rolls on. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious. Just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. As we continue our reflections here on From the Press Box to Press Row uh, on Kobe Bryant, we're joined by uh, a gentleman that you hear on this program all the time. He is Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media's Covered the NBA. I'll let him tell you how long he's covered the NBA. It's been for so many years. It's seen everything, talked to everyone, as, of course, he joins us here on the program. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on, man? Always a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, man, and uh, glad to have you. And uh, you know, obviously now for a bit of a different reason, I, I want to kind of start here and get your thoughts, um, how you heard, because this this is one of those deals where you're always going to remember where you were and what you were doing 
when you heard the news. So uh, where were you and then your immediate reactions upon hearing the news that Kobe Bryant had passed away uh, along with his daughter and then seven other people in a helicopter crash? Oh, man, it's 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 uh, such a surreal uh, feeling. And I remember exactly and I'm probably going to remember it, you know, remember exactly where I was. Uh, for as long as I live, and this this uh, subject matter comes up, and it's it's sort of unfortunate because it was it was a good day, you know, where I was. I was in Memphis. We had just gotten out of church. I was with my wife and my two young kids, and we had decided to treat them to a uh, Japanese hibachi place, man. This place not too far, um, <laughs> and they had already you know done the hibachi food on the grill and everything, and we were enjoying the food. And it was another, you know, you share the table with other families and other guests. And it was another guy there because when I'm with my family, I try to put my phone down and, and, and detach from from work and the NBA and everything that's going on because that's that's unique time that I have with them on the weekends. Um, but it was another family, and all of them had their phones and devices out. And as we were finishing up the meal, man, the uh, the young brother, the brother to my left of the table with a different party from us, uh, you know, just said, "Hey, man." Uh, Kobe Bryant died. Yeah, he's 40, 41. Kobe Bryant Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter accident. And I, I, it didn't register. I didn't hear it right. I sort of thought I heard it. And he was talking to his family, and then uh, they reacted. And then I said, hold on, excuse me, sir, what, what, what did you just say? And he was like, Kobe Bryant uh, passed away, and, and it was a helicopter crash. And I said, Kobe Bryant, the NBA player? Like, obviously, Kobe's name is unique. Right. Um, but it just took a minute for it to register with me. And... I was like, no, this 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 can't be because like Kobe was just on Twitter, you know, congratulating LeBron James like twelve hours ago. Like Kobe was just on the screen the other day. Like we saw all of this. I mean, this this. And then as the news kept trickling in, I immediately lost my appetite, man. It was an expensive meal, obviously. I just couldn't eat anymore, and um, I, I felt sick. I felt stunned. I felt numb. And so we got through the meal. The kids were trying to process what you know what was wrong with dad, and my wife was like, man, I noticed. You, you, you got to get into some other stuff now, um, and you got to get to work and making sense of it. So it was just a surreal thing, man, and, and I just cherished my time with my family and, and tried to get through it as best as possible. That's a long-winded way of explaining it, but you just – it's I was with my kids um, when I heard that he lost his life with his daughter, and yeah. that's the toughest part for me to try to process. Yeah, man, I, I to- like I totally I, – I'm totally with you. Uh, and totally understand exactly where you're coming from uh, on that. Uh, you know, as a guy that's covered the NBA for so many years, man, um, what are some – and I thought it was it was very – what you put on Twitter, on your Twitter account, you, you shared a couple of stories. I want you to share those stories in ter- terms of two memorable moments uh, that uh, – that one, at least, that you had with Kobe and then another one that you shared. Yeah, I mean, I did. I immediately, um, you know, the next day I processed it a little bit, and you know, I do my my mic check, my Monday mic checks uh, with Glass City Media, where I, you know, basically is my commentary for for ninety seconds or whatever, where I'm, I'm talking about what's going on in in the world and in in the world of sports. And so I did my piece this past week on on Kobe Bryant, and I shared two stories that resonated with me uh, in terms of covering him over the course of his career. Uh, the first one was when I had my first one-on-one interview with him, and uh, you know, I was. I think at the time I was working in Miami for the Miami Herald and, um, you know, covering something related to, you know, sort of the all-star or pre-all-star, post-all-star, something with the Lakers. And Kobe, man, like I had the interview set up. Kobe goes through the practice in El Segundo. He goes into the locker room. He gets changed. He's like, look, look, I don't want, I don't want to just talk to you in the scrum. You know what I mean? You came out here to, to talk to me. 
So and let me do the scrum and let me get my local guys done first, and then if you want to wait for a few minutes, I'll come back out. And he came back out, man, and, and it was just an empty gym, and Kobe Bryant and I sitting on the, on, the, on the stairs or whatever, sitting on the bleachers. And we talk, as I said in the piece, we talk 20 minutes turn to 30 minutes, 30 minutes turn to 40, and I look up at the clock, and I'm like, Kobe, man, you've, we've been here all afternoon, man. you got staffers waiting to get out of here, and I appreciate your time. And he's like, look, dude, if you, you came all the way out here to talk to me. I don't know if we'll ever have this opportunity again. And, you know, it's good conversation. Let's just continue to talk as long as you have questions. i got answers. And, and I was like, dude, this, this dude is so genuine and sincere in it. And it, it, just, it just stuck with me. And every single time that I cover him or encounter him since then, it was always that sort of connection. Now, granted, over the course of this week, you've heard hundreds of stories of how Kobe resonated with individual reporters and people. Um, but it, it, it takes a special person for everybody, or just about everybody, to feel that way about him. The second one, uh, real quickly, was a story I was working off about the 2008 Olympic team. And I remember Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James telling me that Coach K called uh, a, a training camp opening breakfast meeting for them to start training camp in Las Vegas for that summer's run. Eight o'clock was the meeting, started a meeting. All of the players on that team, and you talk about superstars, Carmelo Anthony, uh, the Heat's big three, uh, Tayshawn Prince in his prime, you know, all of these guys, Mark Stoudemire, Dwight Howard, they all trickle into the meeting room at eight o'clock, and, you know, they're, they're stretching and yawning. And then they get down, get in there, and they notice Kobe comes in from a different entrance, a security entrance. And he's got his knees iced. He's got sweat drenched workout clothes and two trainers flanking him. And basically the, the room went silent. And I remember LeBron saying right then and there, you realize the difference because Kobe had just worked out for two hours before everyone else even got out of the bed uh, to come to the meeting. Kobe had already did a two-hour workout ahead of practice. And that separated the difference between uh, of the great players of the day and the contemporary great players that were on that team from a legendary work ethic and a Hall of Famer and a guy that's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever play the game. And LeBron said the room went silent because everyone knew right there what the difference was between their workout regimen and their preparation versus Kobe Bryant's. Wow. Wow. Those are two phenomenal stories. That the voice of Mike Wallace. He's the senior editor of Grind City Media. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Any, what, what's the most memorable thing, memorable thing uh, to you, Mike, that stands out from uh, in terms of Kobe, maybe a game you covered, et cetera, that happened on the court? Um, just how easy, and I don't want to say easy it came to him, but just how easy Kobe made it look. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy to go score 60 or 81 or put up – you know, all the points that he scored over the course of his career. That's not easy, but he made it look so fluid. And I think the thing that stands out to me is not just one or two or three or particular incidents. It's, it's the fact that this brother was great at everything that he touched in terms of what, when he put work into it. And so I, I think back to, and I wrote about this, I think back to a quote that Pat Riley used to always say uh, about greatness. And it, it didn't matter if it was greatness in the sports world or greatness in life. He used to always say that those who really are great know this. There is no way to greatness. Greatness is the way. And basically what that tells me is that, listen, man, you know, you don't just randomly end up great at something. You have had, you had to have had that level of greatness within you to drive you along that journey to accomplish what the, the great things that you ended up accomplishing. That was all, greatness is already part of you. And when I think about Kobe, I think about, not the five, not the five NBA championships, not the 18 all-star appearances, not the MVPs of, of all-star games and the MVPs of the season. I think that this brother was a compl- an accomplished piano player. 
I think about a brother who won an Oscar after he was playing. You know what I'm saying? I think about a brother who, who dabbled in a rap and did all right in rap. You know what I'm saying? At a time when, when basketball playing rappers were sort of corny. He and Shaq were sort of legitimate. And, and when you think about everything that he touched, and, and then at the end of his career, he's doing, he's doing interviews in languages, multiple languages, Italian, Spanish, English. Like he's showing you the depths of what his knowledge was in the sport. Uh, on the court and off the court. So his greatness is what resonates with me. Yeah, no question about it. And you also mentioned the fact, and I think it was, you know, uh, 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 right on time. And, and we, you know, you, you think about it, it's, it's the way that it's, first of all, how young Kobe, uh, was at 41, the way in which, uh, he passed. Uh, but you mentioned the fact that you talk about date, you know, within that, 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 uh, couple of week time frame, you know, David Stern. Uh, and then you mentioned David Stern and then, of course, Kobe and then you, you Roscoe Nance, uh, of course. And then also, even though he wasn't associated with the NBA, uh, Morgan Wooten, of course, back from uh, back in, you know, back in, in, the, in the area and so forth. And you lose these legendary uh, figures within that time frame. Uh, and boy, I tell you that you talk about legacy and that's four big time. Lo- that's four losses that we have in within a short time frame. It is, and it's so unfortunate because, I mean, each one of those people you mentioned, I've had interactions with. You know, when you talk about all within the span of ten days or whatever, and you know, we 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 buried David Stern, uh, you know, on one day, and then you know, I guess seven, eight days later, we get the tragic news about Kobe Bryant, and this comes, you know, within Morgan Wooten's passing as well. Um, you know, my brother went to Damascus. I have a, my youngest brother. Uh, attended the matter and and he knew about and he didn't play basketball but he was in you know in the football program for a little bit and he knows he knew morgan and he you know just to see the kind of legendary figures and then all of this is wrapped up in uh the aftermath of uh, and within the martin luther king uh junior holiday celebration weekend too so it, it's been an emotional run an emotional ride uh for a lot of people when it comes to that and you know, again, you're talking about iconic figures. 2020 is so bright and so much uh, future ahead of us, but it's been an emotional run so far through these first two, three weeks of uh, of the 2020 calendar year. So hopefully it lightens up, but we, we are enlightened and empowered by the people we've lost so far uh, because they're all iconic figures, the guys that you mentioned. Mike Wallace does a phenomenal job with Grind City Media. He's covered the NBA for so many years. Check out his work at grindcitymedia.com. Also follow him on Twitter at my Mike check Mike Wallace joining us here talking about Kobe Bryant here on from the press box to press row. Hey Mike, we really appreciate the time, man. We'll catch up with you real soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Don. I appreciate it, man. Flip Murray who played against Kobe Bryant in Philly and eight seasons in the NBA is up next. All right. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row as we continue to talk about Kobe Bryant and on the line, we're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, a CIAA legend, former 42nd overall pick in the 2002 NBA draft by the Milwaukee Bucks. He's out of Shaw University, had a nice eight-year career in the NBA. He is Ronald Flip Murray, and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Flip? I'm going good. Where are you? Hey, man, I'm here. Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay, man. I, you know, I want to kind of get your thoughts. Of, of course, I mean, you, you uh, may have been one of the uh, you know, sort of one of the only guys um, that, uh, you know, that had a chance. Uh, you know, you played with the likes of, of LeBron and Ray Allen, of course, played against uh, Kobe Bryant. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But what, what t- talk to us a little bit about um, how you found out 
about his passing and then your initial reaction? Uh, I initially found out through a text message. You know, I was in a group text with a couple, couple of my guys, a couple of friends, and um, somebody sent it through through a group text uh, stating that uh, Kobe was Kobe was killed in a, in a helicopter crash. You know, at first everybody was like, "Man, get out of here!" Stop joking, playing around, stuff like that. But once we start getting the feedback get more information on it. We started looking it up and then it found out it was real. It was like, wow, are you serious? That really just happened. I mean, Kobe, you never expect nothing like that. It just happened out the blue like that. But I'm going to be able to travel like that for the last couple of years the same exact way. Then all of a sudden, this, this helicopter just crashed. It's just, it's just unreal to me. It's not, something just don't seem right to me. Yeah, man, that that uh, I mean, it definitely I mean, it, it, it's just a, an absolute, you know, absolute shock as we continue to still find out uh, some of uh, what what has happened. What, what you know, what were your and you gave us your thoughts. So what were your immediate, you know, reflections uh, of on Kobe Bryant? Oh, man, he was a pioneer of the game for basketball, for sure. Uh, not only just on the court, but off the court as well. Um, the the. the the things that he did on the court and, and the way he did it, the way he went about it, uh, that was his whole uh, demeanor about himself for his life. And, um, you know, he, like I said, he, he was a guy that everybody looked up to. Me personally, I played against him in high school and as well as in the NBA. So I knew him for a while. And, um, you know, not, not really, uh, you know, hands-on relationship we were in love, but it was always love every time we seen each other or talking to each other or whatever, but to go out like that, man, it was a tough loss for the basketball world, not only for the basketball world, but for the world for itself, man. Uh, to see one of the greats just go out like that, man, it's, 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 it's unreal to me, man. I, I still can't believe that something like that happened, and the fact that he had his daughter with him on the fight, that, you know, me and myself having four daughters, I mean, that, that, that hit all the way home, something like that happened, man. So, and the chemistry they were starting to build um, with each other as far as uh, with the basketball and them being together all the time, man. I said that was tough. That's, 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 that's a tough pill to swallow, man. I know for his wife, like I said, I sent my prayers out to his wife and his family, also to the other, other families that had members aboard that flight as well. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was some bad news for the world, man, especially for the basketball world. And um, this is something that's going to be talked about for a while, man. But I know it's not the end of it. Flip Murray joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Rose. We talk a little bit uh, about, uh, you know, his relationship uh, with Kobe Bryant. Anything memorable high school wise when you guys, you know, went head up or whether you whether you went head up in AAU or in against rival high school teams or playing. Maybe you played with each other on on AAU teams. No, we didn't actually play each other in uh, high school versus high school. We played against each other in uh, AAU, Sunny Hill League. Which is a big, uh, big high school in uh, college league that was that's held in Philadelphia, one of the major leagues as far as young talent coming out that was going on back in the nineties. I had a chance to play against them there. We never had a chance to play it up against them in high school, but I did have a chance to play against them in the Sunny Hill League. Yeah, yeah. And how how were those battles, man? That was great. You know, like I say, it was unbelievable talent. So you know, whenever he came to the gym, he brought a lot of crowd. A lot of people wanted to come out see him play and stuff like that. So. Unfortunately, we, we took a loss to him, but it wasn't a bad loss, but it was a good game, though. But uh, like I said before, he was a talent in high school. Everybody knew who he was going to be uh, as far as at the pro level as well. So, like I said, man, he he, he he left his legacy, man. He 
show people the pioneer and the blueprint on what it takes to be one of the greatest ever to do it. And I just hope people follow his blueprint and follow the steps of what he did. And um, I let his legacy live on. You know, he is an entrep- was an entrepreneur. You're in the entrepreneurial world. We'll talk a little bit more about that. You know, I was looking at some of uh, some of your stats. Uh, a really good career for you, and more specifically, man, in the games in which you scored against the Lakers, you averaged like almost 14 points a game. Can you speak to maybe how you really elevated your game uh, when you knew you were going against the Lakers and against Kobe? Um, well, I wouldn't say it's just that. But when you're going against somebody of that caliber, though, you do come up a little more pumped up because you know uh, when you, once you play against a team like that, an organization like that, it's just not Kobe alone. But once you play it against an organization like that, you know it's it's class A organization. So you have to play your A game because they're one of the best teams in the league. When I did have a chance to play against them a lot, you know, we played them four times a year when I was in Seattle. One of the years when Ray was out, I had a chance to really um, to start, and I was playing major minutes. And uh, we actually played the Lakers a couple times. But I, I honestly can say when I did play them, I always, I always had a good game uh, against them. But, uh, you know, just the opportunity to be out there to play with some of the greatest, like Kobe himself, Shaq, defense, they had squads, Carl Malone, Gary Payton. They had, they had a major squad with a bunch of Hall of Famers on it. So, I mean, if you're not hyped up to go against some guys and try to get it with them guys, I don't think she would be out there on the court for real. And you were always serious. I, I can remember the Chavis Summer League, man. You'd play in that in Raleigh. I mean, you're, you, you, you were re- very serious. And, and I look at some of this. Like, I look at March 5th, 2004, 28 points against the Lakers on 11 of 20 shooting. I look at March 20th, 2005, 25 points, five rebounds. That's when you were with uh, Seattle, then with Cleveland, 21 points. So you had some some games. You even posted on your Facebook page, um, you know, some of the times when you were going head up. Uh, uh, against Kobe, anything most memorable that comes to your mind when you played against him? Any game or any any type of situation that comes to your mind? The one thing I would actually stick out to me, man, uh, we played against him one time. We, was, uh, we played him in Seattle. You know, it was a, a timeout. I don't know if it was a timeout or a dead ball situation, but um, he actually came over to me and he actually told me that he was bored for me to come over there to play with the Lakers. And, you know, when he told me that, man, I was like, oh, wow. For him to come out and say something like that, that showed the respect that he had for me as well as far as a basketball player. Man, I was truly excited. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get the paperwork right as far as the business side of things for me to make that happen. But by him telling me that, man, that was that was special for me, man. And I, you know, I looked at him as a whole different person when he said that to me, man. Man, that is awesome. Flip Murray, former NBA player, joins us here on the program. So what have you been up to lately? I know you and I had a chance to get together back in 2016 at the CIAA uh, tournament. Appreciate you coming on uh, the program as we celebrated 10 years on the air. But but you, you've you got some things cooking for yourself, right? Yeah. No, I started my – I started playing basketball. Uh, me and my group came up with an energy drink. It's called Stark Energy. And we've been having uh, – success with that right now um, trying to get it off to a, a major company a major brand so we can um, you know get it off get it off the floor that everybody have everybody in the world experience what we got going on we have a lot of products going on with it we have a joint and muscle uh, pill that's out we have uh, water we have a h2o water that's out as well and we also got a couple of products out as well so i've been doing that as well and uh my, my new thing that I'll be doing this year for 2020 will be getting into the coaching business. Um, the National Basketball Players Association has uh, a couple opportunities for guys, retired players. They want to 
they got programs if you want to go uh, start coaching or start a different type of career. They have ways to help you, and I got invited to a couple coaching clinics this summer to try to uh, try to start a coaching career for me, man, and get it off the ground. So something I'm looking forward to, man. Something I'm excited about, and uh, I hope I can, you know, make something happen. No, it sounds sounds really good. Uh, a couple of more thoughts. We we appreciate the time. Again, I mentioned eight years in the league. Uh, did you feel like you still had something more left? You know, once you're, and I know you played a little bit after the NBA, but did you feel like you had something more left uh, once your time in the NBA was up? My time was never up in the NBA. They made my time up. Yeah. That was a business. End of the day, it's a business, man. I, I know what happened. I'm going on behind the paper. I mean, behind closed doors. Uh, end of the day, it's a business, man. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I did have for the eight years that I did play, but you. Uh, you know, I know, everybody else knows that my time was not over and done when I have plenty of left to take. Like I said, it's a business. I respect it as a business. I ain't going to go on for stuff that go behind the door because it's not for this. But I understand that what it is, it is what it is. So, yeah. like I said, I'm grateful for the time that I did have it in. And I just took what I could take from out of it. No question. I mean, that's that's exactly why I asked the question. Last thought, and I'm not trying to belabor the point, but, I mean, do you feel like – you know, a lot of times, you know, and what we do here with HBCU sports and smaller and, and with the smaller schools, do you feel like if, you know, if you're at a bigger school that you still would have been in the league and, and again, still having more left in the tank? For sure. Like I said, it's a business. It's a business. And, you know, and that, and that circle of business is a billion dollar business. Favors our older people. Certain situations happen for certain people. Just because of certain things that goes on behind closed door, like I said. But for sure, if I was at a, a, a D1 school where I was marketed way more better than what I was at Shaw University, that was on a bigger platform, of course, situations would have been different, but it wasn't. So I took what it was for what I did. I mean, I still made a, a great accomplishment, I think, myself, just from making it from a Division II school or HBCU school to the NBA and be able to get drafted. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm cool. Well, how my career and everything went, I don't knock nobody for what they're doing. And, you know, I was just happy for the opportunity to be able to play. Absolutely. No question about that. Last thought. Going back to the Shaw days, Joel Hopkins and all of those, you know, those great teams. I mean, it was, you know, Steve Bynes and, you know, all of those guys, man. What do you remember most about those days at Shaw, particularly that run to the Final Four in 02? No, just the brotherhood I built between me and my teammates, man. The fun that we had throughout the couple of years that we were there. Um, that we built there within two years, you know, our first year there. We ended up losing in the quarter, in the quarterfinals, I think. We had a bottom first round. I think we lost you know, our next game. I mean, that was a experience for us. That was my first time ever experiencing playing in the CIAA. I didn't really know too much about the history of it until I got to Shaw. So being able to experience that, you know, get a little background of it, get a little history of it, it was helpful for us as far as our team as well, as far as experience. And then my senior year, when we came back, made a great run, man. We had a chance to win the CIAA South Region uh, tournament as well, and we had a chance to make it to the Final Four. And I, and we had a chance to win it for real, for real. But, you know, like I said, it's politics and everything, man. So, but uh, just being with them guys, man, and being able to build friendships from around, you know, different people from around different areas of the world, man, was great for us, man. And I still keep it kind to every last one of them. So, you know, building that legacy there at Shaw University, was, it was a great film. 
Wow. I mean, as you were talking, I'm remembering, you know, J.R. Raymond and Jared Curse and Van Williams and Harold Butler, Cedric Lusk. Greenup was on. He didn't even play that year. He's on that team. How can we uh, support you and how can we go about purchasing the drink? Well, I have my, uh, you can go to my website, murrayenterprises.starknolimit.com. That's murrayenterprises.starknolimit.com. All our products is on there. Anything that you want to purchase, we'll be able to ship it out to you. Uh, everything is on there. My uh, Instagram is flipmurray22, and my Twitter is the real flipmurray. If anybody's looking to get in contact with me as far as our products, once again, that's murrayenterprises.starknolimit.com. Flip Murray joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Eight-year career in the NBA and, a, of course, a CIAA legend reflecting on the times of Kobe Bryant here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Hey, Flip, I appreciate you doing this, man, and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me once again. Former Shaw star and eight-year NBA veteran Flip Murray joining us here on the program. HBCU Reflections on Kobe Bryant continue as Lindsey Hunter joins us next. Box to Road. Box to Road.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row as we talk about uh, Kobe Bryant. And on the line, we're joined by a gentleman that had an opportunity to play against Kobe and with Kobe. Of course, a SWAC legend, currently the head men's basketball coach at Mississippi Valley State. As Lindsey Hunter joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Lindsey, uh, welcome back to the program. Thanks. Thanks for having me back, guys. Absolutely. Glad to uh, have you, especially under the uh, of the circumstances. I, I want to kind of get uh, your thoughts uh, when you find found out uh, about the fact that Kobe Bryant was killed in a, a helicopter accident. What, what were the thoughts that immediately ran through your mind? Well, you know, like I said, I, I was uh, pretty much like else uh, hoping it was a false report and somebody was, you know, playing one of those celebrity things. And, um, but once I found out, you know, it was true, uh, just taken back, um, it, it just seems surreal that, you know, nobody wanted to leave the initial reports and we all were just it was a bad dream and we wake up from it taking everybody a long time to really come to grips with what what has happened and yet we just mourn for that uh, he left behind his wife and mom and dad and all his family members you 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 were again as i mentioned i mean you were a, a teammate um and i mean you played against him in the league of course you played in the league uh for 17 seasons won two nba uh titles Speak about um, going up as uh, as a non-teammate, if you will, against uh, against Kobe. You know, we we just knew that, that um, how he approached the game. Um, that anytime you played a Kobe, man, you 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 had your hands full. Um, 
He was very uh, studious about the game and um, and just how uh, ferocious he competed. Um, you know, top, top two most competitive people that have ever played in the NBA. And, you know, of course, he idolized Michael and, and emulated what Michael did. And, and, you know, to this day, he's the closest thing we had to, to playing like Michael. And then for you, that 2001-2002 season when you signed uh, or when you were with the Lakers, um, playing with him, what what was that like? And you guys, of course, won um, that uh, NBA championship. Well, you know, and that was my first time uh, being on a championship uh, level team. So it, uh, you know, I learned so much about um, what it really took and how much work, you know, get to that point. Um, and and watching Kobe, uh, I got to see firsthand next level his preparation was. It was second to none knowing what he had already put in for the summer. I had so much respect because, you know, I consider myself a word. I, I take pride in hard work. That the voice of Lindsey Hunter. He is, of course, currently the head men's basketball coach at Mississippi Valley State, played 17 years in the NBA champion, uh, in the NBA, won two championships, one with the Lakers and one with the Detroit Pistons, who initially drafted him in the first round as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And then that was a sp- like, you know, it's always special when you win an NBA championship, but that had to be super special for the Pistons um, as a whole in 2004. Of course, your second stint with the Pistons to win that championship and again against the L.A. Lakers, uh, you know, who who had, uh, I mean, you had, you know, Kobe and you had Shaq and you had Gary Payton and you had Carl uh, uh, Malone and the list goes on and on. You know, speak to winning that championship um, against the Lakers in 2004. Well, the, the, our, the, that 2014 was so special because of the type of players we had. Uh, we had a lot of journeymen and a lot of guys that have been traded there. Um, I was returning there. You know, acquiring Wallace, I think, kind of put us where we thought we could be uh, content for a championship, put us over the top. We, even early on, when, when when there was time to actually play the game and, you know, the, the Lakers gotten so much fanfare, I think everybody picked to win in that, that finals. I can't remember anybody else to win. And we already had a chip on our show because, you know, we had, of course, our man Wallace, who um, was the greatest defenders ever. No, uh, no. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I think everybody, even before that finals, I mean, I think everybody was given, if my memory serves me correctly, was basically saying the Lakers were unbeatable uh, because of, you know, the, the additions um, for that season. And you already, you know, you already had Shaq and, and, and Kobe uh, also. What what was it like to prepare um, against him uh, when you were an assistant coach? Uh, you know, first with the Suns and then ultimately uh, the interim head coach in 2013 and then when you were an assistant coach with the Warriors as well? When, you, when you're playing against guys like that, you know, Kobe, um, you just try to limit easy baskets because, you know, Kobe could do everything. He could post, he could shoot the three, you know, he could play a pick and roll, he could isolate. Uh, when, a, when you have a player that can score, you know, that, at that high uh, level on all three levels, it, it makes your game plan diff- difficult. So you just don't want them to get easy baskets. You don't want to bail them out shooting free throws. You just want them to, if he's going to score on you, just make it tough as possible. Um, there is no way you stop guys like that. It, it, it's impossible. You cannot stop guys like that. You just have to try to make it difficult as possible. 
Yeah, for you. So again, first year um, at Mississippi Valley State. Uh, just just talk a little bit about you know how things are are going to this point. Well, you know, this is something I love to do. This is my passion, and being able to uh, coach on a Division One level and the process of building something special. You know that that's what our goal is. Um, and, and we're extremely young. That's when you really find out the character of your guys because you, you know we're, we we struggled. We played well in some spurts, but we struggled for the most part. Uh, but there is promise, and guys see promise in our future. So, you know, you, you have to you know start building it um, with the right type of people, changing the culture, and, and the right uh, type of guys. And I think we're, we've done a good job so far of starting. Lastly, I mean, I guess the interesting thing about the game on Saturday is against your alma mater, Jackson State. I mean, it's at it's at Mississippi Valley State. So what do you you know, what what kind of emotions do you think you'll be feeling going up for the first time um, against your alma mater, albeit in Atabina? Uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, you know, to me, it feels like another game because I feel like we need to win as many games as possible. So I don't really treat it any different. I don't think extra on it for our guys. I let them know, hey, I'm out every game. I'm a competitor. I want every game I play. So, and and you know, being as young as we are, I wouldn't wouldn't dare that type of pressure on them. I just always from the beginning of our season, we've always told our guys the inner eight rival games are the you know, the best games of this conference. And, uh, but you'll really, when you play, you know, Jackson State, uh, they've had a little taste of uh, I think this Saturday really will get a taste of it and understand what the in-state rivalries are all about. Lindsey Hunter in his first season as the head men's basketball coach there at Mississippi Valley State. Of course, a teammate uh, of Kobe Bryant, played against Kobe Bryant, played 17 years in the NBA, won two championships uh, as a Piston and a teammate of Kobe Bryant as a Laker. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Uh, Lindsey, really appreciate the time, especially under the circumstances, man. And we'll look to uh, to catch up with you uh, real soon as you try and turn that Mississippi Valley State program around. I really appreciate it. Look forward to hearing back from you soon, too. Thanks. Lindsey Hunter again won two NBA championships, reflecting on playing against, playing with, and coaching against Kobe Bryant. And you, you you talk about Kobe and you talk about some of the great players of all time, and I can remember the year he was retiring. And I think that was sort of the year of who's your top five greatest players of all time. And I definitely, even at that time, had Kobe Bryant on my list. The second greatest two-guard to ever play the game, obviously behind Michael Jordan. But if you... You know, you can look at what Michael Jordan did and you can look at what a lot of of play magic and, you know, bird and so on and so forth. When you talk about the stars of a specific team, generally speaking, and this is why it, it was very impressive in terms of what Kawhi Leonard was able to do last year. Generally speaking, in the history of the NBA, if you had a star, um, one of the let's say a player that was the face of of a franchise. He usually had a a star player that was like 1A. You know what I mean? So, uh but if you look at Kobe Bryant, obviously it was Kobe Bryant and it was Shaq the first time around. But when you look at Kobe the second time around, 
Like Powell Gasol was a really, really good player and was a very important piece. If you remember the controversial trade that year that brought Gasol to L.A. in 2009. And that is what ultimately put L.A. over the top. But he didn't, you know, he I mean, Gasol wasn't to Kobe what uh, Mike was or what Pippen was to Mike. You know what I mean? Like, so what Kobe was able to do that second time around with two different shooting guards, by the way, the first year was it was uh, Trevor Ariza. The second year, Ron Artest. I mean, that that's special. I mean, that the, the, the two championships, the, the back to back um, special for Kobe Bryant. And I mean, I think that's why, you know, he has to be, you know, one of the greatest five players to in part that that's one of the reasons that he has to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game. It's just, uh, boy, we're still, you know, I mean, it's just unbelievable that Kobe Bryant is gone. We got to get ready to get out of here on from the press box to press row. Um, A programming note on next week, uh, had a chance to catch up uh, in Charlotte, an in-person interview that I had with Joe Gibbs, Pro Football Hall of Famer, now NASCAR Hall of Famer, Joe Gibbs, right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Go out and tell someone you love them, because I'm telling you, you we've seen that tomorrow is not promised. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.